guys. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Jonah 101 podcast. I am very excited today as I feel like this is probably one of the biggest ones we've done to date. Uh, we have an amazing guest. I've got my two legends with me, Jules and Shane. Uh, I've got an incredible guest for you today, guys. What a podcast. Make sure you stick around for this one. Today's guest, guys, is one of the best left backs to ever play the game. A man who has won three Premier League titles, an FA Cup, two English clubs, two English Cups, sorry, has played, in, played for two of the biggest clubs in the world in Arsenal and Man City, and he's also earned 22 caps for the national team. He's played in the Champions League final, World Cup, in the Euros, and is now still playing in Turkey. Welcome to the Jonah One podcast, Gail Kalishi. Welcome, Gail. Gail. Yes. Hello, guys. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome, Pleasure. mate. You're, uh, you're, you're, you're a follower of Jonah 101. I think my first question is, how did you come across Jonah 101 football training? Uh, well, uh, as you know, you know, I'm getting to the end of my career. So uh, you start to... You know, usually players, when they're young, they don't really think about coaching. And then, obviously, when you start to get toward the end and uh, you start to see that uh, the interest from other people is getting lower, you start to think about what you could do, you know, after your career. And then, uh, you know, with this magic tool that we have, Instagram, uh, you're about to see anything that you like. So I started to follow a few people that I know who are coaching. And then I just... Uh, uh, it just happened that you came onto my screen and then I was like, I was impressed because it reminded me a lot of um, what we used to do at Arsenal uh, with Arsene Wenger. Wow. And uh, I'm from, you know, the pre-formation, you know, in France. And we have that philosophy of touching the ball as many times as you can during each exercise. And so I, I look at the first video, then I look at the second video and then I was like, wow, you know, that's... Uh, uh, if I have to become a coach, that would be probably the first step for me, you know, to do some uh, some some session like this. And I think it's perfect, you know. It's like a warm up. It could be a cardio session. It could be a, a full session. And and uh, so then I just followed you guys. And uh, yeah, I'm really impressed. And I'm um, I like what I see. And uh, if I'm honest, I've been you know taking some ideas from you guys. And uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's a pleasure to watch, honestly. <laughs> It's a pleasure because, you know, the, the exercises are great, but also, you know, the way you guys are coaching the, 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 the kids. I mean, you know, for any coach, big, older coach, young coach, it's a, it's a great example, guys. So, uh, credit to you. Wow, thank wow. you very much. I can't believe Legend. you just compared us to, uh, to <laughs> Arsenal, mate. Like... And Arsenal. Jesus, uh... No, that was... But that's the first thing, you know, we used to have a coach. I mean, he used to have a coach called a uh, fitness coach who was doing the warm-up, and uh, he was doing also when player was coming back from, from injuries. His name was Tony Corbett. And he was all about mannequins, move your feet, touch the ball as much as possible. And, and until you go through a session with this guy where he felt that you were clean enough with the ball, one touch, two touches, long ball, short pass, uh, wow. change direction, check your back. Then you were, until he says, yes, he's ready. You know, you couldn't go back into the, the group session with the, with, the, with the team. So you just, you know, brought me back to that time. And I was like, I like these guys, you know. <laughs> well, thank you <laughs> so that, much, man. mate. Thank, I remember Shane. I remember Shane messaging me one day and saying, Lee, you need to check your inboxes. Uh, Gail Clichy's responded to one of them. I was like, 
sorry, Gail, please. <laughs> it's just, yeah, we've got a, got a couple of professionals that follow us now, but yeah, thank you so much for your support, mate. And what you're saying there is, it's just, yeah, it's, it's amazing really. Cause we're just three passionate coaches that love the game, just like you do. Uh, we love giving back to the kids, you know, and there's some really good talent in Australia and I'm sure they're going to value your opinion, mate. So yeah, that, that's, that's amazing. Thank you so much for your support. Well, we, we all here, you know, you can learn from anyone and uh, it's not about how big you were as a player or how good you are as a coach. You can always, you know, learn. And if I'm honest with you guys, there is a lot of coaches, you know, that I've met in my career that could, could use you guys, you know, in, in the staff because that's uh, Patrick Vieira as someone similar like you, you know, with the same desire and the same attitude. Uh, his name is Christian. I think he's, he's uh, if you check on Nice uh, Instagram, you know, the, the club where Vieira is, you will, you will find him. He's the blonde guy and he just remind me of you guys. And uh, honestly, I don't know what's your, what the future holds for you guys, but from what I'm seeing, you know, you... Well, you could do pretty much anything you want. Uh, so, uh, well, I, um, but anyway. So, Christian, Christian Wilson, is, that's the guy you're speaking mm -hmm. about. So, exactly. I, I work with Christian Wilson when I was at um, Sheffield United. So, that's where yeah, he's yeah. on. He's going to come on, hopefully. Uh, I have to speak to him, but he's going to come on um, and have a chat with us as well. But he was probably the first guy that I ever seen at a football club that taught about that um, way of coaching a little bit different. You know, where he'd work more with individual players rather than the team. Exactly. And, and I guess that's why we're obviously doing what we do is to work with individuals rather than obviously a collective team. But, but you see, that's, that's, that's funny that you, you talk about him because um, he's a new coach. He's not even first team manager. And um, I trained a few, few times when, when they were at uh, City with the reserve team. And I wouldn't say that the, the few time I trained with them was the best session I did because, you know, I mean, I had Mancini, I had Pellegrini, I had Guardiola. So that would be a little bit, you know, uh, too much to say, but those two sessions, three sessions really, you know, stayed in me. And, and this guy, especially, you know, you have to be a group to make a great session, but this guy was, you know, he, he gave me one, you know, we were doing the session and, and, and maybe the exercise was a little bit easy for me. So I, was, I wasn't doing any mistakes. But then he came to me and he told me, I see you. And I was like, well, yeah, I can see you too. He said, no, I see you. I know you're here, but you're not here. And, you know, I was thinking about something. So I was doing this. I was doing the session because, you know, I'm, I'm about to do it. I've got qualities. But he wanted me to be here right now, you know. So he wanted my body language to, to be different. And those kind of things just stays in me because I'm, I'm that kind of guy, you know, I've never been that guy that is like Messi or Ronaldo who can, you know, do whatever he wants. I had to work a lot and I had to be focused and conscious of anything that I was doing on the football pitch, outside the football pitch. And this, this guy in just a few years just touched me in a way that not many did. And that was only in a few sessions, you know, so I'm still wow. in touch with him uh, today. And uh, I'm not surprised that, you know, you, you, you know him and that uh, that's the way you're working because it's very similar. We'll have yeah, to get him def on, Shane. Definitely. He's on the list, so we're, we're definitely going to try and get Christian on because um, he's a really good lad and, um, like, he's all about helping players. Whatever age and level, he's there to help, you know. So, it's brilliant. Yeah, like, I just hope that you can uh, understand my accent and Shane's accent. Um, we were discussing right. about, you know, <laughs> trying to slow down our, our talking. But, um, yes, that, that's... Again, straight away, mate, that's just an amazing story and it's, it's very similar yeah. to what we do. So, 
Yeah. Is it is coaching something that you're wanting to to get into, Gail? Yeah, I started to. Uh, well, I'm, I'm in Istanbul now, so it's not as easy. You know, example, if you in in England, you can just um, you know mix both, so you can do your own training and then you can just jump onto the, the 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 academy pitches and you can just do your hours and pass your badges. Being here is a little bit a little bit more difficult. Sorry, but I started to do the the first one online. So there's the very basic phase to learn work, to learn words. And, uh, and the more I'm going through it, the more I feel confident that that's what I want to do. So to know if I'm going to be a good one or just a, a, a one that will be helping others. But that's definitely what I want to do. I definitely want to stay into football, like you said before, you know, to try to give back. And I think even now, even more so now with the new generation who... I feel I'm not um, attracted by football the same way I was when I was yeah. young. Uh, when I was little, I wanted to play football because I love football. Um, and they love football in a different way. I'm not saying I love football more than them, but I do believe that now they love football to be the next Neymar, you know, yeah. if you know what I mean. And, and for me, there is a big difference. There is a big gap between the true love of the game and what the game can bring you if you you know, flash, flash forwards a few years later and you think, yeah. oh yeah, I'm going to be the next this. And I think for me, that's the big difference. And if I can try to to give them that love, the real love about being on the pitch, smelling the smell of the grass, you know, um, that's what I love the most. So definitely I will try to stay into coaching. Yeah. Wow. That's phenomenal. Amazing. Um, all right. Well, obviously, everyone's very, really familiar with Arsenal, with Man City, and obviously now you're in Turkey. So we've been talking a lot of about that and what you want to do after you finish playing. Um, can you tell us a little bit about obviously where you started uh, your youth and, and how you first became a footballer? What led you to become a footballer? Yeah, well, you know, I think as, you know, you, you take 20, 20, 20 boys and out of the 20, maybe 18 would want to be a football player. Uh, so that was my case. My dad was a player, uh, not professional, but he loved the game. So he was going training every Wednesday game every Sunday so obviously I was going with him and um, and so far I can't remember anything it was all about football to me you know anything that I was doing at school when we had to do hard work it was about drawing football players or football kids if it was mm -hmm. about um, Halloween how you're gonna get dressed up he was a football player all those kind of things and football being football it's always easy you know you have a ball and anywhere you go you know yeah. you you play against flowers and the flowers are the, you know, the, the, your <laughs> yeah, opponent. Yeah. You play against beans and it's like that, you know. Um, so I would say that my dad gave me the, the love for the game. Uh, he was my first manager, my first coach. Uh, and that was until I turned 13. Uh, one, and when, I, when I, I, I've been um, accepted to this uh, um, pre-formation school that we have, like Clairefontaine, you know, in Paris. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we had one in, in Toulouse and that was it. So from there, you know, I really started to feel that something was going to happen. And uh, obviously after that, you know, I signed for Cannes, um, which at the time were in second division, but a really well-known club for, uh, for formation, you know, academy. Uh, I stayed there three years. And then after that, it was the big jump to, to Arsenal. And, um, and I never looked back after that. But um, um, the only thing I can say is that in life, you all, for, for players, because I'm a player, you always have objective. And, and when I was a kid, my objective was to get into that school. And I was thinking in my head, the day I get 
in that school, that would be me done. And then you realize that when you get to that school, you're part of the 20 best player in the area. But then the next thing they're talking about is signing professional, you know, for a professional team. Yeah. And then eventually you sign for a team. And then when you sign, you realize that you're not pro yet and you have to work harder to get that contract. Yeah. And then when you get that contract, you have to look for the next thing, which, which is to be a start in the start 11. And then when you start 11, you have to think about staying. So you yeah. always have a way to kind of stay motivated and, yeah. and player who lose that motivation usually collapse and just crumble, you know? So, wow. That's really good. That's, really that's, good that's a great insight. I've got, um, I've just got a question on top of that, Gail. Myself, Jules and Shane, we believe that you, at, at, at a certain point in your career, you, you need a little bit of luck. Um, like that little, that little slice of luck. Um, <laughs> You know, we always talk oh. about, say, for example, you're coming through Barcelona's academy and you want to be a number 10. And, you know, it's pretty much going to be impossible for you to to take Messi's spot, you know. So you need that little bit mm-hmm. of a look. And I, I just want to ask you a question. Was there any part in your career where you had that little slice of luck where obviously you got your chance and then you would have took it with both hands? But did you? can you think back of anything in your career where you got a little bit lucky? So I have a, I have a saying that... Um, the good cocktail, the good combination to become professional is a lot of work, a little bit of talent, and a huge amount of luck. And wow. if you go through what I've been through, my experience is nothing special, but every single moment where something had to happen, it happened. And it starts from when I was 13 in that pre-formation school. Um, I grew up really late. And I was a really slow player when I was younger because I was growing. Slow. So no I was out. I was coming back. Yeah, I know. I know. But <laughs> if you, if you, I mean, you know, it was like, so I'm, I'm part of this big setup of the best 20 player in the area. So I was the best player in my club. And I get to this school where I'm just randomly here. And there is like maybe 15 players better than me. They are stronger. They are bigger. They are faster. Uh, the jump higher because at the time, you know, the, the, the test to come in was like to do uh, 50 keep up with your left, 50 keep up with your right, 50 with your head, 50 with your knees. So all that, I was fine because I always had the ball in my hand and I was good. But everything that was evolving, sprint, jump. At the time, I remember we had throwings, you know, so you had to, <laughs> to be able to throw the ball as far as possible. That's, that's 25 years ago, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And all that, obviously if you want me to have a challenge with Saul Campbell, I will always lose because <laughs> he's heavier than me, he's stronger. That's, that's, that's physically impossible to, to match that. So um, I got into that school and I just felt that I was way behind, way behind. And then, so we are here for two years. The first year is just, you know, you just go through the days. But the second year is important because at the end of the second year, you have a competition, a tournament with all the preschool in France. And it's all the best players and obviously all the scouts from all the clubs in France and in Europe are coming. I'm not part of that team. I'm not part. I'm not good enough. You know, at the time I was playing number 10, believe it or not, I was number 10 <laughs> and I'm not good. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I'm not good. You know, I'm not good enough. I'm injured. I come back from injury. I'm injured. I come back from injury. And then all of a sudden, nearly the end of the season, second season, I come back after uh, maybe five, five weeks off. Uh, I do a speed test and I'm like the second fastest in the group. 
when I was the lowest, you know, I was the slowest. Wow. So from that, I start to improve. And then eventually I get my class, I get my, my, my position to go into that tournament. What happened is that the number 10 got injured. So there's only me to play because we are not a big numbers. It's only 20 players. I play and that's where you say, you know, you have to grab your chance. I play amazing and I'm the best player in my, in my, in my team. There we go, go to the semifinal, we lose, but then people see me, you know? Yeah. So I sign for Cannes, I go to Cannes and that's only a few months later when I signed for Cannes. So that's after the summer. I go there as a number 10 and I remember the coach, I'm still in touch with him. He starts to say, okay, defend, defensive player, you go on my left. Offensive player, you go on my right. So I'm a number 10. I go on his right, right? <laughs> because I'm a big number 10. I just finished <laughs> the season and I'm, I'm big. And he's looking at, you know, his paper and he goes, cliche. And I'm like, yeah, it's me. He said, what are you doing here? I said, what you send, you know, forwards? And he said, no, no, you're a defender. I'm like, what do you mean? He said, left back. So I <laughs> go left back. But listen, I'm not joking. So mm. I go there and I found myself second choice left back behind a guy called Gregory. I remember him. A little guy, a little bit overweighted, but he was stronger than me. And he was going to start the season. But what happened? One week before the first game of the season, our centre-back got injured. He, he fractured his jaw. So there is nobody to play centre-back and he plays me centre-back. And I was, it was me, the fast little one, and the right uh, centre-back was uh, a guy from Avignon, strong, he was strong like Yapstan. So all the long balls and header, it was for him and everything on the floor, on the ground, it was me. So what happened? We played six months like that. I go with the national team of France under 15 and I'm regarded as the next big thing in France for my generation. Wow. That's and wow. but it's not finished. I give you another <laughs> one. Oh, so wow. we go through the season. We go through the season, and then the second season, I never touched the first team. You know, I never trained with the first team. And um, the coach called me after the season, and he said, "Okay, you have to come back earlier than your your teammate because you're going to train with the first team. We need players." So we go and listen to that. There were already two left backs. The number one got a red card from last season, so he suspended for three games. So the second second choice layback is going to play, but this guy fractured his ankle and wow. he's out for six weeks. It was meant so to be, Gail. Sixteen years old guy played there, and my first six game, I'm man of the match. I was playing. That was first div third division in France, so that was a low level. But I was sixteen, and then I will push it a little bit more. So I played those <laughs> games, man of the match. And Damien Komoli, who is at the time the scout for Arsenal, Arsenal yeah. is from Nice. And Nice is only half an hour from Cannes. So he hears about a young player from 16 playing for Cannes. And he's coming back every weekend to Cannes, to Nice, because his family is based in Nice. So when he comes to see his family, he comes to see me. Wow. And that was it. Yeah. And you know, I can, I, can, I can give you so many things that happen. And like you said, you need to grab your, your, yeah. your chance. But if I don't have all those wow. little moments, perhaps you don't do it, you know? So that it's was... long. Sorry, guys. But no, no. No, it's a great question, story. You know? I'm just yeah. looking at my screen just like it's, yeah, because, you know, I've, I gave you an amazing instruction. But, mate, you're one of the best left backs the Premier League's ever seen, you know? And, um, you know, you, people might not know that story of the, the look that you need and, yeah, that's just really incredible for us to hear that story. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners that are out there that keep having setbacks, you just got to keep going, you know, like 
And and the big Definitely. thing that Gail mentioned there is he, he took you took your opportunity with both hands and just didn't look back. You know, that's it. That's just incredible. Guys, I've, I've got one quick question before Shane jumps in, just on that. Because obviously you said you made your debut at about 16 or 17. Is that when you made your, made your debut in the first team? Yeah, uh, with Khan, I was 16, yes. Yeah, so obviously at the time we're Khan second division. Is that is that the level that we're playing in Third, third division. Third division. Third. So obviously yeah, yeah. you had the chance to play pretty basically professional first team at 16. Um, for our players, this is a question that we get a lot. Is it, do you think it's more important to be able to play first team at a young age, for example, at 16, at a little bit of a lower level, or to be part of a really good academy, say PSG, Monaco, um, but you're not going to get the chance to play first team till 21, 22, potentially? Good question. Well, on, on that one, I will, that's a great question, but on that one, I can only answer with my experience. Yeah. And, um, and I have, my little brother is 18 now, and he played for, for Ajaccio. That's the team in France who play in second division. And, um, and if he has a chance to become professional, let's say at the end of the season or in two years, um, when he finished the academy process, um, he has Paris who want to sign him, or he can stay at Ajaccio and play with the first team. Um, I will tell him to stay at Ajaccio because, of course, if you can be Ronaldo or Messi and start at 16 at Barcelona and play, of course, it's great. Of course, you don't, mm. you know, for me, there is always steps to take. Of course, instead of taking one step at a time, if you can jump five steps and be there already, then great, you know, but it's only a handful of players that will be able to do this. Yeah. Um, and for me, I know that starting at 16, you become a better player and faster. In six months, it will be like maybe two seasons with the same age group yeah. that you have playing with men's um, and then you play in competi uh, competitive games and when I say competitive I'm not talking about under 18 or under 16 games where there is kind of nothing to gain if you know what I mean at professional level you cannot go down you cannot third division if we lost the games we are amateur club or semi-amateur you know and you don't want that and you feel that you feel that and you learn that and it's the same process when uh, I leave Cannes, when I left Cannes, the philosophy we had with my dad was that we were in third division, we have to sign. We had many clubs. I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I was, I was good at the time. And we had many clubs who wanted me in Europe and in France. But our philosophy was that I was in third division. Let's go to a club of a second division or maybe fir first division, but like second part of the table having in mind that it's more important to play rather than being in a big club and sitting wow. on the bench, you know? Interesting. Obviously, when Arsene Wenger came to Cannes to meet us yeah. and we had a dinner with my, my dad and my mom and he was there, he was talking and obviously, you know, as, as, as a 15 years old, you think 16 years old, you think, how can I not go there? But I, put, I asked him one question. I said, okay, but we have two left back at Arsenal. You have probably the best left back ever, Ashley Cole. And you have probably one of the 10 behind him, which is Van Brokos from Holland. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I said, wow. if, if I'm coming, I didn't speak much, but I said, but if I'm coming, what's the deal? You know, I'm coming and I know I'm not better than one. And I know I'm not better than the second one. And I don't even know if I'm good enough to be there. And he said, listen, if you come, I guarantee you that we're going to give Van Brokos on loan. So anything that happened to Cole that year, red card, injury, 
one game, 10 game, one season, it's you. And now you can only take my words and believe me or not, but that's part of the game, right? And obviously, you know, Arsenal, my favorite player was there, you know, Thierry Henry. Oh. And I said, listen, you know what? Let's go, let's do it. And I went there and after one week, Van Brokos was on loan to Barcelona. So again, that's a bit of luck because he could have just been bluffing and saying, we're going to send him yeah, on loan. And then, so to answer your question, I would say that it's more important to play. Um, obviously, you don't want to play in amateur level, so you have to pick the right club. But is it better to be the star in a smaller club or being a number in a big club? It's, yeah. it's a different question, but it's the same result, if you know what I mean. So for me, I will yeah. always go down because if you, if you are... If you are here to be a professional player that you signed for Arsenal at 16 or at 18, 19, when you made a name for yourself, three years is nothing. You know, we're talking about a 15, 20 years career. So it's better mm -hmm. to get the foundation, get going, play, 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 play. And then when you're good enough, you go and you can pretend to be somebody at some kind of club, you know, uh, that's how mm -hmm. I see it. But that's, that's you know, really interesting. No, I like it. Maybe I tomorrow you have a son and, you know, you try to make that uh, that way and, yeah. you know, you will say, ah, oh, you know what, we could have gone there because Juve wanted him instead of staying to Australia and work, you know, with that team. Who knows, you know, but that's how I feel. Wow, yeah. that, that's amazing. That's a great think, insight for our players, I think, to be honest. Um, I think that leads on to our next question. My next question would be, what, what was your first day at Arsenal like? The first day, the first day I remember is that day, that meeting with 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 Wenger when he came to Cannes and and meet us. And um, you know, Arsenal is still Arsenal, but back then it was Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. they were unreal. You know, insane. It's, it's, it's you know, I, I mean, it's like that for me. Arsenal back then for us in France changed the Premier League. You know, those Henry, Vieira, Pires, Campbell, Arsene Wenger. So the first day I go into the dressing room is a simple day. I go there, they tell me you're going to get 22, number 22. They could have given me the number 120, it would have been fine. <laughs> I sit in the dressing room and then I look around and I see that all the numbers, so it starts with one, two, three, four, five, and it goes like this. So I, straight away, I'm thinking, who is 21? It was Pennant. I didn't know him, uh, I didn't know him at yeah. the time. And 23 was Campbell. So I was like, oh my God, it means he's going to be next to me, you know? And I'm looking and people are coming inside and this guy is coming and this guy and Burkamp and Henry and I'm just smiling. And I'm thinking, man, you need to take the smile out of your face because they're going to think you're, you're, you're a weirdo, you know? Sounds like me now, man. <laughs> That's me now. I'm just it's looking like at that. Jules and he's like... like unbelievable. <laughs> so that's the, first, that's the first day I remember and, and that's um, those, those moments, those feelings are... Um, you cannot match that, you know, unless mm. you live for your passion, whatever you play football or you are, you're a teacher and you always wanted to be a teacher, unless you work in the industry that you always love, you will never have that feeling, you know, and I'm, 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 I'm so grateful to be able, football brought me so many things, you know, I can take care mm -hmm. of my family and, 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 and this is a great thing, but to be able to go to work with a smile on my face since I was, 16 you know you cannot ask for anything better you know really yeah that's that's i i have you to ask gail sorry shane i have to ask because i know we might only be limited time but um 
Who is the best player at Arsenal that, that you train with? It's it's hard. It's, it's <laughs> very hard. It's hard because now I have to. I also have to bring the hearts, you know. Uh, because if we take, if we talk about qualities, uh, I'm a left back, so you know, being Ashley, being behind Ashley Cole is, you know, you, you don't learn, you don't get better, you know. You cannot learn from someone better than him. But obviously, you had people like, you know, Dennis Bergkamp, uh, Nyanko Kanu, you know. Those players were just unreal, you know. We don't think about him, but he was unreal. And 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 obviously, you have the king, you know, the king. King. You know, he's been yeah. nothing. He's, he's he's been named uh, <laughs> just a few weeks ago. Best striker in the. The premise. best, you know, and and this for me. So you have to, you have to kind of see that that picture, you know. So let's say in June, I'm in France, knowing that I'm gonna sign for Arsenal, and all my wall in my bedroom posters of him like i'm not joking you know he's from the same <laughs> island caribbean that i am with my parents with my dad it's not only me all the boys from this island in france are mad about this guy you know and i'm like what's gonna happen you know and what's gonna happen is that you know i'm gonna train with him and he's gonna become my friend and then few few months later i'm there and that's it i've just got a photo of you and thierry Henry uh, <laughs> in france there uh, I don't know if you can see that. That's it. You see? Yeah, I can see. Brothers, Brothers. Brothers there with you and Thierry. Amazing. That's crazy. But you know, he, he, when you get into that dressing room, for me, it's the, the, the best way to learn how to conduct yourself as, as a player because um, I, I had pressure. I had pressure when, when uh, Patrick Vieira was training, you know. Um, yeah. If he was training, the way he conducts himself on the pitch, you couldn't do less than what he was doing because he was the best player in the league. He was the captain of the club. He was World Cup winner, European, uh, European Championship winner. So when he does this, you just feel to yourself, you just feel within yourself, I have to do that. I have to do, the minimum is to give everything. Quality is a different thing. I'm not, I'm not him and I will never be him. But he gets dirty on the Monday after playing on a Saturday, I have to get dirty. And you know, you learn from that. And I think my foundation are based on those guys being around me for so long. It's no matter if yeah. you talk to them or not, but just by seeing them, watching them, you know, it's just, you know, that's the best thing I had, you know, in my career. Wow. Uh, is, um, so you, um, your first season, you were part of that Invincibles side that, that went unbeaten. Would you say that would be a big reason why they were so successful as the characters that was in that team and in the dressing room? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I would give you another, because, you know, those kind of things, I think interview, you know, you need to give some, some, some material. And, and, and what I'm going to tell you now will make you realize what this team was about. Um, so it's one player, but I'm pretty sure they were all the same, you know, in some kind of way. Uh, we finished one season and um, and uh, we are champion that season. You know, Cherry was the best scorer of the, of the season. I mean, it would just go crazy with that. But a few months later, I think, or was it the second season? I don't know. Anyway, one of the seasons later, there is the Euro. And we're all going out to party. And Cherry's not coming. And I asked him, but why are you not coming? You know, he said, I get, you know, we have a Euro in, in we have the Euro in few few weeks. 
uh, in a few days I'm meeting the guys in, in France for the national team. If I don't sleep, if I go crazy, I will struggle tomorrow. I have my life, I have things to do. I get to the first training, I get injured, I miss the Euro. And you know, I was like, it hit me hard and I was like, that's a job, you know, it's a job. And we play football, but we have commitment. And commitment is that. Commitment is about, it's not, it's not that, you know, I'm not telling people to go out, not to go out and not to drink, but there is moment where you have to do it. So some people will tell you that that action, that mentality was only on for himself. You know, he was looking out for him because he didn't want to get injured. But I see it as a respect to the national team because he goes there, he's the number one player, the team depend on him to win games wow. and he, just, he doesn't want to let them down. And for me, I was like, that's the reason why those guys, you know, are so successful. And, and that team that year, I was too young, if I'm honest, to tell you what kind of uh, spirit and, 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 and friendship they were in the group because I was part of that with the French guys because they took me, you know, they helped me out. But mm. I was too young. I was, I was 18. I couldn't even understand. I didn't even understand what football was at that time, you know, what football was going to bring me. Um, but what I could see is that togetherness on the pitch. And, um, and again, you know, it's the best example that you can get, you know. I don't know if um, you can see the picture there of you and Thierry, but um, yeah, of course I can see. It. What a time and, that was! Uh, <laughs> does that does that bring back good memories, Gail? Well, again, you know, I, I just feel like I'm spending my time with you guys to tell you things that happened. But that day, uh, we were doing the, the the round of of the of the pitch, you know, for clapping the fans, and and I'm I'm guys think I'm 18. Like uh, last yeah. year, I'm playing third wow. division in France. I'm playing with my idol and with all those guys, you know. But for me, out of two players in this team, without naming names, they were the best player in his position uh, in Europe. And if not the best, they were in the top three. All of them, except maybe two players. But that's, you know, we give no names. Um, <laughs> and we, so we're walking and I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm on the pitch and I'm walking and I look right, left and I see those big players, I see the fans and I'm thinking, oh my God, first season, 10 months and unbeatable. I played 15 games and then I feel somebody grabbing my shoulder like that. Uh, and that guy is cherry, you know, and he comes to me and he said, <laughs> enjoy that moment, take it all in, but don't think that your career is going to be like that. He said, because there, there, there are big players in England who played 15 years football, best goal scorer in the Premier League, who never won it. And I think he was talking probably at that time, he was talking about Shearer, you know, um, or those yeah. kind of players. I don't know if he won it or not, but he said there is big players that never won it. And in my head, if I'm honest, I'm thinking, what are you talking about? I mean, I just arrived, <laughs> you know, I played 15 games. Of course, it's going to be like that. But I'm honest, you know, I'm thinking wow. that's going to be my career. You know, it's yeah. going to be like that. Next thing I know, I spent eight years Arsenal working hard as anybody else, living my life as the best professional as I can be, winning anything, winning nothing, you know? Wow. So, again, right, it just shows you that. right, yeah. Of course, you know, he knows. Yeah. Of course, he got experience, but they know. And these guys knew. You know, yeah, Vieira wow. knew, you know, he knew when his team wasn't there and he would just bring a massive tackle on one of the players and the whole team will be lift up, you know, 
And those guys, they just know, you know, they, that's why mm. they were at the time the best player in Europe, you know. That's that's so true. Like my yeah. hero, Steven Gerrard, he's never lifted the Premier League title and yeah. he's one of the greatest as well, you know. So, See that? Um, you know, well, it's interesting that you obviously finished on that note about the fact that after that invincible season, unfortunately, at Arsenal, they were never able to lift another Premier League trophy because we actually spoke a lot about that and I don't know if you'll be able to talk too much about this, but obviously for personal reasons, but just wanted to know, I guess, from a player's perspective and maybe from your personal perspective, despite obviously the fact that they moved from Highbury into Emirates, why, why did the club struggle to, to then go on and, and maybe win at least a couple more titles? I think they obviously they made it to a Champions League final, which you were a part of, but besides that, in terms of, of titles, we, the club didn't really win the, the, any of the big ones after that 2003 or four season. What was the change around the club that maybe led to that? There are a lot of reasons, um, some that I can raise, some that I cannot, but yeah. uh, they're obvious ones, you know. And uh, if you remember when, we, when, when Arsenal decided to uh, build Emirates, uh, the stadium, David Dean, at the time, the, probably with, with, okay, the player always the most influential player, you know, in, in the people in the club, because obviously they win or they lose. But... After that, you have the manager and you have the chairman. And, and David Dean at the time was, even now, you know, he's such, a, he's such a figure in England, you know. And he was the kind of guy who could take a jet, a private jet, to go all across the world because one of his players was on one-year contract left uh, and give him whatever he wanted, kind of. And that guy said that if we went to Emirates, we will be, the club will not be able to compete because of financial reason, you know? And I remember they say that for 10, 10 years, they couldn't afford to bring big players. And the stadium was that big, the mortgage was that big that they said for 10 years, nothing is gonna really gonna happen. And if you look and you lose player like Vera, you lose player like Saul Campbell, like uh, Thierry Henry, I'm naming those guys because all the players were great in that team. But only a few players where you need a team to win, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, Cherry was Cherry. You also need that X factor, game for you know, that, that player yeah, that can win your would, game. He would want the game for you. Yeah, it's like Ronaldo. You lose Ronaldo at Madrid, and Madrid would always be Madrid. But yeah. they're, strugg they're struggling, very, you know. They're struggling. That's very so true. You keep on yeah, you know, you keep on losing those players year after year, and you bringing young players, talented players, which I was part of. Mm. Um, and this is great, but if you really look back at those years, we couldn't compete with Chelsea, United, yeah. uh, all those guys, because those teams still had the, those players. You know, they had two players at each position, which were in the top 10 in Europe, like Arsenal were before all the legend left. So now mm. you find yourself with a an amazing team because I do believe we had an amazing team and we always finished in top three and we always went to minimum quarterfinal of Champions League with 20, 22 years old players, you know? Yeah. And for that, that shows you how much of the work Arsene Wenger did, you know? That was yeah. amazing. None, any manager could have done that with the financial backup that he had at the time and with the players' age, the group was 
you know, had at the time. We were like, mm. we were 22, 23, yeah. 20, maximum 24 years old, average, you know, 25 years old. You yeah. will never get that in a million years, you know? So what we did was amazing, but in football, you just need to win trophies. And if you don't win trophies, people will call you as a failure. Of course, we were a failure because we haven't won anything. But look back those games and you will see the team we had compared to the other team, the big team in Europe. You know, it was difficult to, to when you realize it's difficult to, 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 to be competitive with that, you know? Yeah, right. yeah. So I will say that, you know, the, the change from stadium was a big factor because you cannot bring players. You know, you don't have the money to bring players. And maybe we, perhaps we missed two or three players. You know, we always say in football, you need one goalkeeper, you need one centre-back, one midfield player, and one, you know, you need that, that, uh, that spine in the team. Perhaps you need that. And I think we missed a little bit of his character because in the end, you know, when you are young, I'll give you an example. When you're young, you, you, you're kind of playing to, to make a name of yourself, kind of, you know, more yeah, or less. Yeah. Out of 10 players, you have eight players like this who you don't think about yourself, but you, you are here to prove something. You want to prove a point to people that you belong yeah. here and you deserve to be here. Patrick Vieira doesn't care. That he play good or he doesn't play. He doesn't play good. He doesn't care. He's won the World Cup. He's won the Euro Championship. He's regarded as the player who changed the Premier League. Henry is the same. Campbell is the same. They don't need to prove anything. So they just play for what's matter. And what matter is only the results. We play for the results, but maybe some of us played also because we had to prove a point that we deserve to be here. Yes, guys, hope you enjoyed part one of our amazing podcast with Gail Clichy. Tune in for part two next week where he reveals the toughest opponent he ever played against. Massive surprise and also talks about his time at Man City. Catch you then.